Hey everyone, welcome back to the Talkaholics uh, podcast, episode 20. Ooh, guys, we made it to 20, guys. This is exciting. Right. <laughs> so, another cool thing though, I know we featured Noelle in the past, another great Muslim female actress, right? But, we got another one. Yeah. And she goes by the name of Sarah Kazima, she travels a lot, um, there's going to be a lot of discussion about all the places that she's been. And a funny little hiccup in the middle. Yeah, so unfortunately, we recorded with her and um, had a really, really, really good conversation. And then uh, she left and we were like, yeah, okay, let's save this. Yeah, and an then, amazing hour's worth of Yeah, it was like an hour and a bit. <laughs> and then we find out that um, our recording only saved 22 minutes. Um, so imagine what that looked like. Yeah, we uh, were like... <laughs> fuming. Um, but... Zara was kind enough to, you know, visit home base again. Yes. To just finish up that last bit of recording. So if and we that, had a really good conversation as well, yeah, like right. another one. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Zara was a trippish understanding. We somehow had the patience to, <laughs> to finish it off. But ultimately, honestly, for our 20th episode, I don't think it really could have happened any better. We had a guest on. Exactly. We powered through it. I was yeah. at my house for the whole day yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was, like, delirious. But, um, no, honestly, the second the, the second half, you're going to, we're going to see where, you know, it kind of cuts off. Yeah. Um, but the second half of our recording was really fun. We got to share our travel experiences with her, and then she got to speak about her as a journalist and a travel blogger yeah. um, and what she's doing. So Please. we hope you guys enjoy. No, for sure. And I was just going to say really quickly, I know we give her a plug at the end. Yeah. Please find her at zaratravels.ca, um, as well as Zara Travels on Instagram. Um, she's kind of already Insta famous on there. If you exactly. Her, but you know, do your due diligence and find her, please. Um, but, uh, yeah. Enjoy the episode, guys. Um, so just want to give an idea we're 43 people in our program and it is a journalism program so media based you already don't have enough people of color and minorities in the media and then a school like Western also is like Western so white (laughs) and then when something like this happens it just tells you that it's a systematic problem that people of color are not getting opportunities to really step forward for something so specific like a minority scholarship to go to a white person it's a clear clear kind of statement yeah. from institutions yeah. saying that we really don't care about you yeah more or less and, and i think you said too that they kind of let that go under the rug by saying it, she was what one sixteenth indigenous yeah and which is really surprising because there was another scholarship on the same sheet of paper listed below it was for a south asian person to receive the scholarship i applied for it and they asked me for documentation to 
Say whether or not you're South Asian. Yes. Oh, wow. But <laughs> the so, girl who's 116th <laughs> Aboriginal. Yeah. Did well, she, like, go to Ancestry.com and was like, no. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, right, like, they didn't ask her for um, anything for because given the, the colonial context of this country, it's really hard to ask uh, for indigenous persons right. for evidence, which is completely fine. But if you're going to do that for one minority, you're going to have to do it for everybody. I am a clear brown person (laughs) if you look at me i'm like this is all the evidence you kind of need but at the same time if you're asking somebody from a south asian descent for um for kind of evidence people who come from uh sri lanka come from afghanistan india pakistan nepal a lot of these people don't have those papers and it's a very triggering matter for somebody to be like hey provide yeah provide documentation like just like indigenous person exactly that's yeah Yeah. right so that's where the problematic thing comes in but at the same time you have to see that if if you are an indigenous person and you are a white passing person especially someone who thinks that thinks i want to say quote-unquote thinks that they're indigenous Mm -hmm. um and are white uh how do you portray your your argument how do you say what what struggles you faced in your life living as a yeah. minority um that is kind of like appropriation of narrative mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if we see that all the time like white authors taking over indigenous stories and what? making profit off of it at the end of the day and that's not okay and i want to say also that though this this woman applied for the scholarship and did win the, the argument and the narrative is a lot bigger than that if like if an institution didn't ask for any kind of proof didn't look at her application whatsoever in terms of what the context of the scholarship was they pretty much failed us it wasn't that girl because anyone could have applied it was open that's true Mm. yeah it was admin who failed Mm. to determine that and that's just schools this can go into your work environment into giant fields Mm -hmm. and industries and it's just the context of the country we live in for sure and I think you said too that you were like also finding places where you could report this and whatever. Like yeah. Any any feedback on that? Any traction? Or uh, so I went to, first of all, I went to a professor, my ethics professor, to ask her what to really do. Um, my first, my first instinct on this was I want to change policy because if this ever happens again, it's awful. And like at first you feel so much anger you know like how could they do this and you want to just tell the world and you kind of want to just be angry but i think that's the expected norm norm Mm -hmm, from like mm -hmm. people of color oh that angry brown woman you know so i kind of wanted to repress that a little bit kind of wanted to see what admin's response was what the faculty's response was right and i think a lot of people were just not aware of this kind of issues like what like wow like how did this happen people were so shocked so I tried to play that a little bit. I still saw nothing was really happening. Admin told us that they they couldn't really do anything about it. They couldn't ask her for any kind of proof. And I was like, okay, then change policy. How does how do we stop this mm-hmm. from happening next year? And they're like, oh, we can't really change anything. You need to go to equity. And we went to the equity department at Western. Um, took a while to book appointments. And then it's just a big mess. They just... And then they told us, you go to student code of conduct, you file a complaint for harassment and discrimination. And it's, the process is just so long. Mm-hmm. They try to bury you in paperwork yeah. that you can't There's go no forward. Yeah. And 
at the end of the day, you're just so exhausted. So fighting policy was number one. And then the second thing was going to maybe like media. And yeah. honestly, in a master's program where you're already doing so much media yeah. work and you're giving everything, I didn't really have time to do the story on my own. I was also scared of the repercussions I would face from admin because admin is the same person that handles semester two scholarships and also internships so if i was right. if i felt like yeah. i really spoke out named names it would really hurt yeah for sure my yeah. you, you my have success to be careful about the water you tread there mm-hmm. yeah okay but cool. i mean it, it just didn't go well so i like i didn't see results i went to the western gazette which is our school paper and we set up some meetings they're still doing some kind of you know we just want to make sure the story is structured so mm-hmm. it doesn't like we don't want to discredit this woman who did apply for this scholarship because it's not about her. Right. It's about the, process, the system. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, that's an ongoing story, so I'm kind of eager to see what happens. What happens. Yeah. yeah. But for you guys who are listening and want to know more about what Zara's all about, since she's our second guest ever on yeah. the podcast, welcome Zara. Yay! Thank uh, you. Zara <laughs> is actually someone who not just travels a lot based on you know for all the stuff that she's been doing, but you can find her on Instagram. She is a journalist slash traveler. Um, her motto on Instagram is whoever tells the most stories wins. This is something that you kind of live and die by, but we'll get back to that topic. Um, but yeah, you can find her on Instagram at Zara Travels, and she's currently doing a grad degree in journalism, or master's, sorry, yeah. at Western, as she kind of mentioned. But as far as it, as anyone knows, Zara is, you know, a short description of her as someone who travels a lot, and kind of does it nonstop, and does it as a Muslim woman, and does it alone, which is like the greatest story ever. Um, just to, to name a few places that so nice. been to. <laughs> You're like, yes, tell me more about yeah, myself. Exactly. Maybe you go even higher. Um, just to name a few places that she's been to so far, and you can add to this list if I'm like just, you know, not selling you right here. But she, but she's been to, you know, to begin with Paris, Egypt, Tunisia, Brazil, Spain, UK, Cuba, Turkey, and India, just to name a few. And recently, I think you went to New York and Pakistan. Yeah. This is the most recent one. Yeah. Okay. And um, on her blog, uh, if you guys are interested, she talks from everything from, I think, your most recent blog post was um, the one where you interviewed the flight attendant about her experiences with harassment Yeah. Um, in, in and around her job and kind of demystifying that kind of spectacular role, right? Yeah. Um, so those are just a few tidbits here and there about who she's about, and we'll give her a chance at the end of the podcast to give more of her plugs about yeah, what exactly. she's, all she's doing. Um, but to kind of start from the beginning, how do Iman and I know her? Well, we went to <laughs> high school with her. Um, but even further than that, I just like with Noel, I have known Zara since elementary school. Um, and we kind of were giggling in the car coming here about yeah. like exactly the story of how Zara <laughs> and I got to know each other. So when did you actually come to Armadale? Because I knew it was halfway through. Like, was it fifth yeah. grade or fourth grade? So it was end of fourth grade, so okay. 2005, April. Right. So we just did like a one month of grade four, and then it was summer, and then we did grade five together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And awful, awful time. <laughs> was, it, was it really awful? Awesome I mean, honestly, like when you're coming from a different country, um, I immigrated from Pakistan, and it was – I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. I – did not know the I cultural the, ins I and outs. Are very distinctly. Not yeah. it's definitely obviously different than the. There's a language barrier. Oh my god! I don't even get into <laughs> that. <laughs> it's like so amazing for me to see like the growth having happened. But like really quickly, the story that we were giggling about in the car is that you know we were talking. You know, Zara, have you been to my house before? 
And she has because we did actually a dance thing together. Yeah, yeah we were I've been like waiting Bollywood. for this story. <laughs> I've been waiting because Razia told me she has a story to tell, and I was like, okay, don't say it because I want like an authentic <laughs> reaction to the story. So tell okay. me, please. Okay, so I think it's because Armadale, um, every year we have like a talent show that happens. And I think I got to know you because you were in my class that year. I think fourth or fifth grade, I don't remember. Yeah, which. something like that. Um, Maybe and, fifth. And so, and then we were friends together with a bunch of other people mm-hmm. who we were like, let's just do the talent show. Yeah. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I was the most shy, nervous person oh, yeah. on the planet, especially during elementary school. But for some reason, talent show comes up, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm on stage because I still loved the performing Yeah. Part. I would be like vomiting and like sweating profusely before the performance. But, you know. Like, we I practiced would... a lot. Yeah. I just remember us practicing so much. Because it was like a career-breaking decision. Yeah. Like... <laughs> you know, and you have to like mix those tracks just the right way. <laughs> Like, doom machale with, like, <laughs> some other crazy kiare. I was, like, hoping you remember which one. And, like, let oh me Oh, my tell God. You, like, I actually used that exact song for a dance in high school. But anyways, regardless, keep going. Like, how in- it was intense because we did, like, whole costumes. I swear to yeah. God, like, we did, like, sorry, I should not call it costumes, but it was, like, traditional wear of, like, we all made sure we were wa- wearing matching skirts and whatever, mm-hmm. floor length, you know. Like, it was, like, super patterned and colorful and everything. And we were, like, I promise all of our hair was out. And, like, you know, we had bangles, everything. Like, the everything. whole shindig was there. Oh, my God. Is there a video? I really want to see I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, my brother at the time probably attended. And he has, like, you know those camcorders that you yeah, know yeah, Japan yeah. had a little yeah. small tape in it? Yeah. Because this is, like, ten years ago. I can't <laughs> believe this. Yeah. It's it kind of sad. It makes, us, wait, it makes me feel old, at least. But, yeah, yeah. we, like, practiced hardcore. We might have practiced here in my house. We definitely did it in the gym a billion times. And yeah. the principal at that time, remember, he was Muslim, too. I'm pretty sure. Do you remember? No. In Armadale? Yeah. There was oh. one year that we had a Muslim principal who was like, who made actual change when he was there. He wow. started the whole street festival thing. And Honestly, everything. like, I, I don't remember. I, in Armadale, I was only there for like two years. Yeah. I think, did you go to Gateway right after? Or was Parkland. Parkland. Parkland, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then she joined with us later mm-hmm. to go to Middlefield. Yeah, but it was crazy. Like, I, I feel like I should find the footage just to be like, That'd be this really was funny. us. Please don't. Do you guys remember those songs? <laughs> Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember what songs you you danced to? So you you mentioned one. I think I I'm not sure. It could have been Crazy Kiare or Dhum Machale. It was it was either or or maybe not even. Isn't that one? The first one is from. Oh wait, actually, no. It was none of those. It was (laughs) it was that movie. You know where they had the cars? Cars. No, like he was no race. No race came later. Race came later. It was. Um, Saif Ali Khan who this, this, Ron- that's it. I know the actor's name that's Ron- Race like- is that not Race? no it's not Race oh, no it, it is Race also but this was older it's Rani oh. Mukherjee and Saif Ali Khan and Saif Ali Khan is this like sports car driver or whatever like he's a racer why do I remember it starting with a T like it started like cause I don't I wouldn't know it by like cause it was in mm-hmm. Hindi or whatever so yeah. I don't remember it verbatim um Oh. It started with like some uh, some rap and then <laughs> in like the streets of New York. <laughs> I just remember I just remembered like the the whole end scene was like like freaking Sailor Moon's like transformation bit. Of, yeah, like, we all came together at the center of the stage and yeah. like in front of each other, kind okay. of lined up, and I was at the back because I'm like the tallest, and like I go all the way back and I put like a sign up. And, like, I just remember that because that was like my moment. Like I had to do that as soon as the song ended. That's oh, so, so funny. I'm actually blushing. This is like the worst thing. <laughs> Why are we talking this on a podcast? <laughs> but, That's cute, though. I mean, like, it's, it's what you do as a kid. Right? And, you know, I was really shocked because Razia was into this. Um, Honestly, like, because I was new to the country, I really didn't know that Muslims came in, like, different colors and different <laughs> cultures. 
I honestly just when you just grow up into the same town like in the same country like I and at that time I think TVs and phones weren't really a big thing like for us living in Pakistan and I met Razia and Razia was like I'm Tamil and I'm Muslim I was like what does that mean I have no idea what that means I was, and then and then you find out there's like black Muslims and I was just like what what yeah. like it's amazing like the diversity that is in this country and well not even in country I think in Toronto and I just learned so much from you guys and then, and then I was like why can't Razia say all the lyrics to this song <laughs> so like oh she doesn't speak Hindi yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my oh god my I used to get teased like all the time because I love Bollywood movies right but obviously I'm, I'm yeah, not from here. South Asian descent I watched way I watched a lot of Bollywood movies I actually just watched like two last week but um and they they were repeats they were Om Shanti Om and don't, I'm gonna butcher this please don't laugh at me but um Bul Bulea? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, you got oh, it, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> but I watched those two. I've watched them before, but I just Subtitles? watched them. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I used to get no, teased all the time. No, I hate dumb films. But I remember getting teased all the time by, like, people at MCI, because when I would say the films, I would, like, sing along to the songs. They'd be like, hee hee, your accent. <laughs> I'm just like, let me be. Yeah, exactly. But no, I love them. Yeah, oh, I truly do. Thank you. Oh, no, okay, but really quickly to kind of go back to, we went through Zara's background and whatever, mm-hmm. but I think one thing that we, Aman, were re- really curious to ask, just like as a kind of generic question to begin, is, you know, you're not just a Muslim, but a Muslim woman, and a Muslim woman who travels alone, right, and on a constant basis, right, to different countries, so given that I, I've known that this is like a passion of yours, and you kind of enjoy like a mm-hmm. bit of a nomadic lifestyle, has there any... How hard has it been, really, to, like, maintain that lifestyle? Like, have you been kind of given any judgment from people in our community, given that that's kind of... We know that right. this is taboo. Like, uh-huh. So what was that like? Um, I just want to reiterate that, um, though I identify as Muslim, um, I, can't, I can't take on the experiences of visible Muslim women who do wear hijab on a daily basis, um, because I do not, and I think because that's a marking... For somebody who who does you know like who who's like visibly Muslim, right. I want to say like the repercussions aren't aren't nearly as loud enough. So I just want to uh, clarify that. Um, other than that, uh, coming from a conservative family, uh, it's it's definitely difficult in to just tell your mom like, hey, I just kind of want to go to Brazil for a while. Yeah. And you know, my mom's like, do you want to get swept in the drug trade? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so I actually started with, with going to places like South America and the Middle East and things like that because I wasn't ready to go to Europe. Um, I feel like the differences, like the stark differences between race I think just the color of your skin were too much and things like the Paris attacks and Islamophobia going on I just didn't want to put myself in that situation also it was expensive I was like when I'm old I'll do it (laughs) but um places like South America and stuff it was really nice because there are a lot of mixed identities in these countries and being brown honestly I feel like it came as a blessing that you can fit into almost any kind of situation right. until you open your mouth. Obviously, then you start being a tourist. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I was really blessed in that sense. But then again, when you tell people, like, when people ask you where are you from when you're traveling, you say Canada. And 
and they're always expecting more. They're like, no, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it happens okay. here too, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so you always have to like justify yourself. And I remember just uh, like even at parties and stuff, people will just be like. Like, where are you from? I'll be like, oh, Canada. And then I'm like, where? I'm like, okay, Pakistan. And then they're like, I've never kissed a Pakistani girl before. And I'm just like, honey. (laughs) No. Yeah, that's how you relate to my culture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, is that something you want to tick off your list? (laughs) Is that like an exotic fetish that you have to like kiss people from different countries? (laughs) Um, And it's, yeah. Oh my God. But you see, things like that is is frustrating. Um, things like people assuming I've, I feel like, a lot of times in in Europe. No, I think it was in Turkey, in Turkey, the European part of Istanbul. I was just walking and um, I was going alone that day, and somebody assumed I was a sex worker, and really? just because I was brown, because what? I think, um, I think. I've talked to black women who travel a lot and this is something they face constantly, especially in Europe and Spain and stuff like that. But this was the first time it happened to me and I was, I was a little shocked, you know, like they were offering money and I'm just like, I was like, I don't understand why you're saying that. And, and I finally understood that because I'm darker than most people. And I think a lot of women of color that are in these kind of areas are are That's correlated with sex work right. right yeah so things like that um but the thing with islam is that until i say i'm muslim nobody really nobody really kind of asks me because i just go by south asian from the color of my skin right um yeah like with i think in canada more so um i went to victoria bc right. and i was i I was visiting a friend of mine who also went to Ryerson, my undergrad, and um, he lived there. So he was like, oh, like, come over, like, meet my family. And he was, you know, this, like, typical white dude from, like, typical white town. (laughs) And I remember being there and his dad just kind of saying, I remember that time when Trudeau was bringing in Syrian refugees and he was just like, so how do you feel about, like, I mean, we just met. And this guy was like, how do you feel about um, all these Syrian families coming to Canada? And I was like, why do you think that's an appropriate question to ask a 19-year-old, like, who just came to her house? And obviously it was because he knew I was Muslim. And yeah. and maybe he just assumed that all Muslims know all other Muslims, <laughs> Muslims yeah. or other Middle Eastern people. I'm not even Middle Eastern. We just have one collective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That we yeah exactly. <laughs> and he just kind of went on about it. He's like, oh, my office is sponsoring, like, refugees. Like, what do you think about that? Like, go- them going on our money. And, and I was just like, uh, well, like, I was just so taken. And I was a guest in their house. And I didn't know how to respond back. And yeah. I just kind of wanted to sit there and listen. But then I was like, no, this is a chance to to say something. Yeah. And I told, I straight up told him, I'm like, I mean, people, they're people, first of all, like, and yeah. people need help. And if our government is willing to help them, then that's fine. If you don't want to take a stance in your workplace to support these initiatives, then you don't need to. But open your eyes and, like, think of them as human first, mm-hmm. then Syrian or refugee later. 
it's not like people just want to like move their stuff like they just like yeah. i don't want to live here anymore yeah. i want to move there no, they'd rather go home honestly. yeah like who who would want to go through that process yeah. of being on a boat and a plane and like immigration process and refugee camps like do you think people actually choose, choose this it. life mm-hmm. no yeah. right so i think that was a conversation that we really need to have i don't know what kind of impact it maybe had on him but i just wanted him to know that this is not okay to ask people yeah just because they're brown or they're muslim and it's a wider conversation that you need to research about and educate yourself on. Yeah, instead of like bringing that to a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, exactly right. Time. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, here's like a brown person. Maybe she'll know. <laughs> like, what? so um, first of all, we're frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and for those, this is gonna start right after the clip kind of cuts off. But um, long story short, you guys will hear it in the intro. Yeah. But uh, not much of the recording got saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so we're so, back yeah. at it again, basically, to kind of finish it off. Wait, so, like, none of it, right? Well, not uh, no, like, the first 22 minutes. Okay. Of an hour and two minutes. Of an hour and two yeah, minutes got saved. saved. Like, cool. So, you know, we're lucky like, that Zara came back. <laughs> Happy to. Happy yeah, to. and thank you very much. I know, sorry for the inconvenience. But on the brighter side, uh, if we had finished the recording, that would have been our 19th episode, but now that this one gets pushed, it's your, our 20th. So you're oh. on the 20th episode of the podcast. <laughs> we talked a little bit about like the small gigs that you take on here and there, mm. because again, for anyone listening, it's probably like one thing to hear that someone travels so often as you do, but kind of the question that begs in their mind is like, how exactly does any of that get funded? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Even though, again, you travel alone, so... If you wanted to mention what... Sure. Um, this is actually something that I get very often and a lot of people just kind of assume that like I'm sitting on this like golden hen or like <laughs> I just have like a lot of money coming from like someone throwing it at me. Yeah. Um, but it's honestly, it's just it's about just kind of working your butt off. Like I remember in elementary, sorry, in uh, undergrad, I used to do like three jobs while I was in school and it would be like some crazy stuff like working like really insane shifts at McDonald's or like working in a factory overnight and telemarketing and like freelancing just I hate to say this I mean I hope no one's listening but like I used to write like essays for people for real yeah oh, shoot. yeah and not for much like $20 yeah I well, swear that, that was not nothing not not nothing at all yeah. yeah but like I just needed the money and mm. I'd do that and it, like, it's obviously not something I want to admit, but it's not on my LinkedIn, I don't <laughs> <laughs> um, never happened. Yeah, but, like, it's things like that. But when you know you want something, you... I honestly feel like the universe will kind of, kind of, like, group together, put their, like, all their energy in to make it happen, and I figure out my budgets. Like, if I know I'm going away for maybe like two months and I need like almost three grand, I will budget accordingly. And for financing as well, I just want to let people know that you don't have to, you don't have to do the whole thing by yourself. Like you can, I always do tickets and then I try not to pay for accommodation. And the thing, the ways you don't pay for accommodations are (laughs) to pick a place where you have some friends or some family. Um, or get an internship or a job that provides you that kind mm-hmm. of accommodation. Um, I've always found that I can 
I can spend a little bit more on tickets and just not worry too much about like you know the cheapest ticket because time is of essence because I know I have to leave at this time mm. like in in your undergrad like you only get like a certain amount yeah. of time you can take off you get right brackets of so time. yeah exactly like if I know that time is of my essence like I will just book whatever ticket I can find that's the cheapest yeah but with that said I'm not very picky with the destinations like it will just be like like whatever the next departure has and if I know somebody there well and good if Mm -hmm. not then find something cheap like hostels or something like that but yeah like by no means does like travel have to be so luxurious and by no means is it um if you want to do resorts and vacation that's a different thing but we need to make sure that you know the difference between vacationing and traveling so yeah like traveling I feel like is just you're you're going in to country to really learn something and I don't know like maybe like expand your experiences but vacation is kind of like you kind of want to chill which is fine which yeah is fine. which is more about the resort yeah so you're, you're the typical exactly tourist. yeah fair enough I like that distinction another thing too on top of that because I can we mentioned early on the, the list of places that you've been to so far is there a place or a country like you said where you've actually learned the most or you had like the greatest experiences like, you probably bought the ticket thinking, having certain assumptions about, oh, this country's yeah. going to be like, this is going to uh-huh. like it. But then you went there, and it kind of like blew turned you out it of, yeah. upside down for whatever negative or positive uh-huh. reason. What country was that? Oh, man. There's been a couple places that actually did that for me. Um, I think one of the most surprising experiences for me was Tunisia. Um, I never thought that I'd go to Tunisia. Tunisia, for some of you who might not know, is on the most up more like the northern part of Africa and when I was in Egypt I had some Tunisian roommates who kind of just invited me over (laughs) they're like oh yeah like we're going back to Tunisia so you should come visit us and (laughs) And I was like yeah "Yeah." I was like okay it's like it's just a country over so you pass Libya and then you get to Tunisia so um I was like yeah let's do it right um it's a small country did not expect much like in North Africa, you, we mostly hear about, like, Morocco, right? Mm-hmm. And it's That's just, like, yeah. so, it, like, my assumption was kind of, like, Morocco or whatever, but smaller scale. Um, I got to Tunisia. Honestly, um, it was so great because Tunisia, all I knew about it was that the Arab Spring started from there. Right. Right? And wasn't there, like, a, a oh, man, this might be completely wrong, but wasn't <laughs> there, like, an earthquake that happened there, too, or something around that time? When it, That's because... The reason why I say that is because Tunisia was off the map before mm-hmm. any of this stuff happened. Like, people didn't even know the name Tunisia yeah. of the country until... It might have actually just been the Arab Spring. I don't know what I'm thinking. Earthquake? I don't know. I don't... I never heard of the Something happened where people were concerned about the people in Tunisia mm. that I was like, oh, that's a place. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, as of recently, you mean? Or? No, no. In okay. the past. In the past. Okay. Like, in early 2000. Right. Well, I don't know. But, like, the day I went there, I think there was, uh, there was a law passed that uh, a Muslim woman could marry a non-Muslim man. Oh, wow. And that's like one of the most progressive things like I've ever heard in the Middle East and I Tunisia is one of the most progressive places it's like the little like Europe of like Africa right Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna lie the people there oh my god good looking (laughs) (laughs) and what's the best part was like you'd be walking down the street I went to a very small town it was called Bizert and um like we were just walking and you could see uh like a woman in a short dress walking beside a woman in a, a in an abaya and i was just amazed especially coming from 
Egypt at that point, I was just so happy to, like, I see that in Canada, it's fine, but, like, to see that in the Middle East and, like, see being so progressive, I just loved it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, there are a lot of, like, there are Christians, there's a lot of Jewish people in Tunisia as well, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, and I genuinely had the best time. They speak, like, three languages. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, French, Arabic, and English most times. Yeah. And... It was genuinely, like, so great because I went into it with no expectations. I was just going to my friends' houses. Like, they literally ping-ponged me around the city. So I was like, okay, great, that's fine. And when you go into a place without expectations, it's good to have a plan. I don't want to say just don't have a plan, don't do your research. But sometimes spontaneous, like, just keeping an open mind, being spontaneous is really great as well. Like, food was good, people were good, the culture was great. Like, they have, like, this really big, like, like Latin salsa culture. Oh, I never knew that. That's so interesting. Like two times, I think, out of the four nights that like I was in Tunis, we ended up going to like a Latin place Mm. and, or like something with Latin music and I was just, I loved it. It was, it was really, really good. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I miss it. (laughs) But at the same time, like every country has like two sides, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas like, Brazil, uh, sorry, um, whereas I think Egypt, when I went there when I was, like, 16, it was, like, I, I just thought it was awesome. But, like, that's when you have your travel goggles on, right? You're just, like, yeah, everything is so great. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, oh, wow, pyramids. Right? <laughs> and then I went back when I was 21, and I was, I was... Did it break the nostalgia for you a little? A little bit, yeah. because I had to do a lot of things by myself. Like, mm-hmm. before, I was with, like, a group. Right. So, it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most alarming thing was, like, uh, I think I mentioned this, but um, I I lived in a very small city. It was called Marsamatro. It was uh, very close to the, Lib- the Libyan border. And I had some friends in Cairo, so I wanted to go to Cairo. And it took, like, 10 hours or something for the bus, like, to get there. And I remember getting there at like three in the morning and they lived in like, like old city Cairo. Mm. And I was just so freaked out. Like I got to the, like Tahrir Square is where all the buses drop you. And it was so late at night. I I just like had like the bare essentials and I had to get a taxi and I like, and you know, it's not very easy like to tell people like where to like, to go, like the address, like people need to know off your tongue, like especially in an in the old city, like, mm-hmm. you need to be able to direct the driver because they, they're not just going to Google map everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and and there's not much, like, a specific address to You're just going to be like, oh, like, there's a landmark here. You go from there, right? And I think those were, those were the experiences that scared me the most because I was just like, these people can take me anywhere mm-hmm. at this time of night and you don't know. And, but when you get there, honestly, like, after freaking out, after praying all your prayers, yeah. there, you're like, please get me there safely. Like, okay. you, you feel so accomplished. And I think those are parts of travel that that really make you grow as a person. Like, yeah. you come, the, you overcome those fears even at late at night, you yeah. know? Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with that because, like, I have a similar experience because I was with a group. So okay. I went to Morocco uh-huh. for a little bit um last year and we went so same thing in morocco we were like we were in marrakesh Mm -hmm. and our hostel was like within um the souks right so you know like the jamaat souks so Uh 
it was within the souk. So even to get out of our hostel into like the city, mm-hmm. you had to like come out all these like little things like that. Um, but we got used to it at the end. But right. I mean, we were trying to find um, the madrasa, the Ben Yusuf madrasa. Right, right, right. Um, and obviously, they only go off by landmarks because we're in like this maze almost right so um the hostel the owner of the hostel was he pulled out like a map <laughs> any of like landmarks that he made yeah. and he was like okay from here you go to here from here you go to here yeah. and we're like okay we got this you know like it made so much sense to us when he said it but then you don't realize you don't you don't recognize these landmarks yeah. when you're out there walking out yeah. and about and we were at five um we were five muslim well we had one non-muslim but five girls um all um look very non-Moroccan <laughs> um, and we were obviously dressed like tourists like people you could tell that we yeah. weren't from there um, and we're all girls no like and that's the thing that's, a, that's unfortunate um, about traveling as women is that um, a lot of times they feel like they can target you because you're a woman yeah. like if you, there's a huge difference if you're walking a, a, around with a man yeah. versus when you're just women I um, mean we got like called out to a lot but yeah. Um, in general, we got like sucked in to this like scheme <laughs> by these locals, okay, because we were walking trying to find it, we got lost, and we're like in this neighborhood, but it's, it, yeah, anyway, so this one guy comes up to us and he was like telling us about how, um, because the, um, the like native people of Morocco or yeah. the Berber people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then so he said that they come down from the mountains once a month on a Friday and they right. like sell their goods, like uh-huh. all their handmade goods mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So he's like, this is their one day they're here. You guys are going to miss it. Like, let's go. I'll take you to it. Stuff like that. And we're like, you know, half of us were like, we're probably going to get scammed. But you know what? It's part <laughs> of the experience. So we decided to keep going and... We and he ended up like passing us off to he's like this guy his parents work there go with him and then we go with this guy yeah. he drops us off into a leather we thought we were going to a market where we're just looking at the goods mm-hmm. no we took he took us through the whole entire process so we went to like where they make the leather oh the, isn't that so great like you see it and it smells yeah it smells so bad <laughs> they give yeah. you mints to hold to your nose because it smells so yeah. bad but like. It was just a funny experience because we weren't expecting it and we had to go through, like, they showed us how they stretch the leather and how, like, they color the leather Mm -hmm. with different powders and stuff like that and how they make it um, not stink. They put bird poop on it. Yeah. 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 And all this stuff. So we went through all that and then after that, some he handed off to some other dude who showed us the goods. So now they're making us buy things. Yeah. And then we went through, like, three different shops. And then after that, we get sent back to the original <laughs> dude. <laughs> and then he takes us to a taxi. And then we're, we're thinking, oh, you know, we're good. Like, we didn't have to pay for this whole experience other than, like, the goods that we bought. Yeah, you know what I mean? no way. And then, no, no, no. And then after that, we get to the taxi. He's like, okay, so, you know, I took you through this whole thing. So, like, give me some money. Yeah, yeah. We were like, okay, there it is. <laughs> and, like, we really, he wasn't going to let us go. We were, we were like, we'll give you, we were going to um, give him a hundred. What's the currency there? Um, um, no, that's his money. That just means money. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Is it the Moroccan dirham? I really should know this. This is not good. But we were like, we were gonna give him a hundred of whatever the currency was, like twenty of twenty from each of us. Um, and he was like, no. He was like, that's not enough. Not enough. And we okay. were like, we were trying to get into the taxi. Like, dude, we're trying to leave. Yeah, yeah you were right. It's Moroccan Durham's. Okay, yeah. I was. So we just like gave him the money, and then we ended up leaving. But like, we after like coming back to our hostel, and we we did a whole bunch of other things that day. But after coming back and like thinking about it, we're like, we really, like, we really just gave our trust to these people. Yeah. 
and kind of went on. And we had no idea, like, if we were going to get kidnapped or, yeah. like, I mean, you know at what the mean? end of the day, but, you it was know, just a little bit of money, right? Yeah, and, you, and you we got this huge experience. Yeah. That's why it's so important for people because, like, the same thing when people, like, travel to the Middle East or to just countries in general that they're completely foreign to, they, uh, I feel like it's, it's um, people are usually, or people tend to, think that something bad's going to happen mm-hmm. or they have to be very cautious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of times people, yeah, maybe they want to smuggle some money out mm-hmm. of you, but like also this is their business, right? This is their livelihood. Their livelihood. And I think a lot of people just try to like villainize that, like people mm-hmm. selling something to you like you are on their land essentially. Exactly. You're pretty much exploiting whatever resources they have. You're just taking pictures of things to post on. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy something for like a reasonable amount of money, like it's just a souvenir for you, but it's their livelihood for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Like support, support local people. Like, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's funny because like, I, I feel like when you say no to those moments of spontaneity is that when you close doors for yourself mm-hmm. during travel, like mm-hmm. really that's the, that's your time. And place exactly. To, like, for sure. Lose yourself a little bit. For so sure. I think I've told you this story before, but when I went to Portugal recently, what had happened was, so it actually starts with work. Mm-hmm. So I was on this call with a few people at work. Um, about some project or whatever and I kind of mentioned to them um, you know just so you know for the next week I won't be here like so if you try to contact me it'll be the following week that mm-hmm. you'll hear from me and they said oh well, what's up and I said well I'm going on vacation to Portugal mm-hmm. um, and the other guy on the line freaked out and was like I literally came back from Portugal <laughs> Razia let me tell you everything you have to do so he gave me like an itiner- itinerary's worth yeah of, like, you're going to this place you're doing this yeah you're doing yeah this yeah. like I was like, oh my god, okay. <laughs> There's so much life. pressure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. But he was like genuinely going to lose his mind. He was so yeah. happy Because he like went with his kids and whatever. So he was just like, it was the best experience. But one thing he did was like, I'm going to give you this guy's number. And he's someone who is like uh, a tour guide. Mm-hmm. He'll show you in and around any kind of popular spot mm-hmm. of Portugal. But he was the best and you need to go with him. And mm-hmm. he gave me his number and he said, contact him through WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And I went... Okay, I don't even know who this person is. Yeah, <laughs> no, so you I'm did like, contact him. I did. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I love that. So, I, so when I when we got there, I think it was like the second or third day. I like messaged him and said, "Hey, so my friend at work from Toronto <laughs> like told me about you. Um, can you like? I actually like. I can't even believe I did this, but I even told him where our hotel is for uh, you know for him to pick us mm-hmm. up." Because I was like, how else will I meet this guy? So, yeah. And so, like, totally scary if you think about it. Because, like, he knows where we are. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. that would have been super dangerous. But otherwise, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I know someone who's met him and said good things. So, it was actually the greatest decision because the, my entire trip in Portugal was great. In that, like, the locals that we've met, they knew enough English to, like, communicate. And mm-hmm. they are so open people. Like, they mm-hmm. want to tell you everything about their lives. Like, yeah. their families. Like, how they got to Portugal. A lot of them are immigrants. So, a lot of stories behind that. I love that. Um, but... The one thing that was different about this guy is that the first guy closest to my age. <laughs> so, do you know what I'm saying? And was very good at speaking English. So, And he was just out of school and everything. Mm-hmm. So, our conversation, I swear to God, I was probably, like, just talking to him the entire time through. Mm-hmm. And just, he's, like, trying to over-talk me to speak out the different things he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, tell me more about your history degree. Sorry, you're, like, not finished. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and it was so, it was really, and it also kind of helped that he was, like, kind of good-looking. So, you know, yeah. oh, right, just, like, right, you right. had to stop that mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. <laughs> So, but no, but he was, like, honestly very sweet, and the thing that I think was the greatest, too, because I brought my dad for the first time right. to go travel with us, and um, because I thought it was important, especially Portugal, for those who don't know, has, like, a history with Sri Lanka, 
Like, oh. so, like, the first, I think, European colonizers to visit and kind of take that control of that space was Portugal. Mm. So, even, like, Portuguese tea and stuff. And, like, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. So, even, like, Portuguese tea, some like, the, some of the spices that mm. they've been introduced to is taken from our... Like, Makes sense, because, like, Goa and stuff was also a Portuguese colony, like, in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, in, in a lot of their monuments and stuff in mm-hmm. Portugal, like, recognize Sri Lanka, like, at every point. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but they'll call it Ceylon, because that was, like, the previous name of okay. Sri Lanka. Okay, Um. So, all this stuff, so I, like, when I met this guy, and he told me he was a history buff, which made sense, because he's a mm-hmm. tour guide, I was like, just so you know, my dad is, like, really crazy about, like, <laughs> Sri Lankan history, like, he's gonna want to tell you everything that you yeah. know about this place. So, the whole time. Yeah, you your dad. <laughs> you he's, like, so, he was nice enough to, like, make sure he pointed out all, like, the South Asian mm-hmm. parts of our, mm-hmm. Portuguese's, like, um, relation yeah. with us. Yeah. Because he knew that's our interest. Yeah. Um, so, anytime he would bring it up, my dad just jumps up. Actually, it's this person. Uh, he's an architect. Uh, he works for Sri Lankan. And I was, like, like but it was just it was it was so cute because the entire time like after i like gave him that little like it briefed him like yeah expect it he was like smiling at every turn he's like okay now this I is a dad's job this like place. i went to india with my dad and oh my god like i dad if you're listening i'm sorry but like <laughs> this man has been to india so many times and like when our tour guide would start talking like he would just like over talk <laughs> I, like, I don't think he me- he meant to do it, but I think he meant to do it. He, like, he would talk louder than me. <laughs> like the entire group has to listen to my dad and the tour guide. The tour guide would be like, oh, okay. okay. As long as you're paying me. <laughs> yeah. That's oh hilarious. It's oh a very God. dad thing to do. Because mm-hmm. yeah. even like, yeah, it, like in Portugal, there's like a, a monument and a bridge named after the colonizer who like visited Shrek of Vasco, Vasco da Gama, I think. Okay, it yeah. And so at every point was like, so this is the bridge that we're on. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the bridge. So he so, was so happy the entire time. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like for me, had that I had I not taken the chance to just almost blindly trust this person. Yeah. Like it was a cool thing too because he also drove like a you know like a tuk-tuk. auto like a tuk tuk. Yeah. So oh, the, I so love tuk tuk. Yeah. Overlappings of words. Like um, I don't know if you if you ever talk to like somebody and like you you'll see that there are so many words that are from the same like, like they, the roots the, of them the, the right? roots are yeah. the same yeah um in in arabic we have i think this is one of my favorite we say inshallah you know it means god willing and in spanish it's ojala so mm-hmm. it's really cool that they say that i mean it's not the exact same way but like it's meant yeah in the same way because yeah, ojala yeah. is like oh allah kind of like that right yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's really cool when you see the intersections mm-hmm. it's because there were 200 years of rule in mm-hmm. that land from somebody. So it's really nice to see that language kind of disperse into the culture as well. Yeah. And I think that only comes through traveling though, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. that like, yeah. you, can, you can, you know, have so many friends, have so many exposures to the communities around you, mm-hmm. get a good understanding of mm-hmm. like the differences between cultures and how they blend. Yeah. But it's until you go to places, like the ones that we've mentioned so far, yeah. that, that those things kind of open up for you. Because even like, again, not to like harp on Portugal all the time, but like even <laughs> like, no, like I knew like, Portugal and Brazil, like, those are the two places where Portuguese is spoken. Yeah. But I didn't realize, though, that because the Portuguese had also controlled parts of Africa, like, Mozambique yeah. and Angola. Exactly. They, they speak, they yeah. speak Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. I just, like, like, lost my mind. Right. You saw some of those people, mm-hmm. uh, also tourists there, but they're visiting for obvious reasons in that, like, yeah. the, the 
comfort language, of language, yeah. So, of course, yeah. you're going to visit here out of all places. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just don't realize these things until if I wasn't there. Exactly. Place, wouldn't have made sense to me. But. It opens up your mind uh, yeah, I know. to so many things. <laughs> so, Zara, do you have any plans for your next Yeah. Trip? Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is so exciting. Just, like, <laughs> just last week, I booked a... Um, a like a flight to well there's nothing too significant but I'm going to Banff well Calgary first I have a friend who lives in Calgary and uh, she was kind enough to offer her home to me yeah so I'll go visit her and then for a couple of days I'll just go to Banff uh, stay at a hostel there or something a lot of people gave me shit they're like oh it's uh, it's winter you're gonna go to more winter place <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like you know I feel like all experiences shouldn't just kind of relate to your summer experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You you need to, and we live in Canada. Like it's just so much easier to do these things. And I'm just a little short on cash, so I was like, I'll I'd rather go somewhere mm-hmm. that like I don't really have to pay too much accommodation for. But um, I'm excited. I've never been, um, and I treated like a new opportunity. But uh, after that, I'm done school around April and we have a four-month internship and that could kind of be like anywhere right um I'll share this with you guys but like it's my dream to work at Al Jazeera mm. like at some point oh that'd be that so crazy yeah wow like, so one of my profs he used to work there and um I'm hoping that we can arrange something so I can that'd be so cool that'd be like actually the perfect opportunity yeah so I mean if that happens I'm I'm going to I'm going to the Middle East, mm. like which which is something that I want to do. Um, if not, I was on a bus in London. I was going to my place, and there was just like this really nice lady that got down from the bus, and uh, she just smiled at me, and I like said hi back, and then she like she, I realized she had like a Spanish accent, so I asked her like like oh where's she from or whatever. And she's like oh I'm Colombian, and I was like great. And she's like <laughs> what do you do? I'm like oh I'm a journalism student. And she's like. Oh, I'm a journalist. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can you give me your number? (laughs) That's so So probably, yeah, like I'll meet with her for coffee like sometime next week. And uh, I'll see if like she can, she can give, suggest like some places to, you know, kind of apply to. So yeah, I'm very open and uh, to to something new. But I know that I want to go somewhere. I don't want to stay. Unless someone's paying me to stay, then I'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to pay me, I'll stay. <laughs> oh, man. That's exciting, though. Yeah. I heard Banff is, like, really beautiful, so yeah. I'm excited for you. Excited. And I think it's a different experience to go in summer and winter. Yeah. So, I mean, if I go to winter. It's, yeah. It's Have you been to a lot of parts of it within Canada? I don't Just I... the big cities. Okay. Like, Vancouver, Montreal, um, like, Ottawa, Toronto. Um, it's just... And then, like, places, like, in Ontario, like, Tobermurray and, like, Hamilton, things like that. I try to, like, because Canada is so big, it's hard to, like, get across. But. And expensive. Yeah. So, I try to, like, for me, we, like, um, I live in Markham, so. For me, even to go downtown Toronto is like, like I'm traveling. traveling. Yeah. I'm traveling. So, I love doing that. I love doing that. And. A lot of people are just like, oh, yeah, as a commute, but I'm like, no, I treat it like I'm traveling. I'm so excited. Like, I'll pack a bag, <laughs> pack my lunch, <laughs> and I'll go. And I treat 
treat it like like I'm a tourist in my own city and it's so great even when I find like a new cafe I find like something new opened up there's like yeah. a new new art exhibit um it's really great to see that and like when you when you're just open to any new experience like it's an experience of travel yeah I think it you, like you're just a lot happier I yeah. think so that's what I was gonna say too I feel like that I've had minimal kind of well, limited opportunities to kind mm-hmm. of really see most of Canada. Mm-hmm. But the times that I have been to, like, old Quebec City and, like, Montreal and places mm-hmm. like that, I feel like my understanding of Canada, like, just keeps breaking those walls of, like, yeah. understanding what that looks like. Yeah. Even the first, like, there's, like, this highway that you enter as soon as you get into Montreal that kind of up, looks a little bit above the city for a bit. Just seeing, like, how many, like, churches and, like, religious centers, basically, that are covering Montreal... Like, for me, I was, like, I don't know, I didn't realize that that was a thing, but for me to, like, put that image and connect it to Canada was, like, another thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's jarring, but it's, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's so many moments and images, like, from the parts of Canada, even, like, certain pockets of Toronto, of the GTA, that you're, like, well, this is here. Like, this does yeah. not look like Toronto to me. Yeah. yeah. That I'm, like, oh, shit, like, this is, okay, this is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, I well, mean, I mean, it's, that well. it's, like, people who live from Toronto, like, I mean, we're pretty narcissistic, like, oh, yeah, Toronto's the best city, but, like, I think we, we live in a bubble. Like, yes, we yeah. just think all cities in Canada are, like, this diverse we're or whatever. Spoiled, right? No. And, and, <laughs> I mean, even people in the world think that, like, Canada is so multicultural. That's not true. Toronto is very multicultural. Yeah. Some other bigger cities are very multicultural, but... Not, not it's everywhere. Not yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. I so, remember when yeah. I was in Quebec for five weeks for Asian Explorer, um, and I was in Chicoutimi, Quebec. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went between Chicoutimi and Jean-Pierre, and like... Oh, that was so sexy. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I try, you know. <laughs> um, but so like the school that I went to was in Jean-Pierre and then we were living in Chicoutimi and it was a half an hour commute between the two. So we'd have to wake yeah. up at like 6 a.m. every day to go. Um, but literally I went with my one of my best friends who's Hispanic and I wore hijab and I was black. So the stairs that we got because we it's a it's a yeah. a city that has about thirty thousand people, um, and they're all white. So <laughs> yeah, 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 basically, right? Yeah. I think I saw one Muslim, and yeah. I was like, hi. <laughs> but um, we would just be like walking down the road, and like cars literally like they'd be driving, and they would be so in shock that they would yeah. be looking at us and still driving. Like they would still be moving down the road, but they would be like staring like, at yeah, us. Next and turn, right? sometimes and like. <laughs> Right? And sometimes it would be, like, so it would be annoying, but then me and my friend kind of just got into the habit of, like, you know, treating it as an as an experience. So yeah. we would just, like, wave at them and be like, bonjour! And they'd be like, bonjour! <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, I mean, it was good because, um, surprisingly, even though, like, this, it's a op- uh, government-wide opportunity, like, anybody in Canada can take part mm-hmm. in going into this, um, like, program for five weeks, there was... I don't know if it's, I guess it's not very surprising um, that I was, like, probably one of the only black people, or... Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, and I really can't remember any other... There was a couple people, like, there was a couple, like, maybe South Asian people, there was a couple, like, Hispanic people. That's but so like, interesting. And that was probably the only black Muslim. There was other, there was one other Muslim girl, I think she was either Middle Eastern or South Asian, I can't remember. Okay. But yeah, so I was like, it was like a new experience for me and it was a new experience for the people there. And it was like, to navigate that as um, 
like a 17 year old, 16, 17 year old mm-hmm. is really interesting. Like if I was who I am now, it would be a different experience. But yeah. it definitely took me time as a person, like as an outgoing person, the outgoing person I am, it took me time to kind of make connections and talk to people because it was like a new experience for me because even living in Markham, like we don't really have to face that yeah. too much. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely eye-opening. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah. That's like a, a, the one time I went up to Belleville, which, you know, like, <laughs> you say, like Northern Ontario, you're like, oh, okay. You already know where the story is going. But like basically, long story short, there's like a coworker of mine that we found out strangely owns an alpaca farm up north. There's alpacas up here? Yeah. That's what You're I said. Kidding? That's yeah. what I said. You know this? Like, I... I, I, I really? <laughs> Dude, I'm like, you can go visit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> How far is Belleville? Two hours. Okay, okay. Two not too bad. Not too bad. I live two hours away, too. Okay, okay. That's what's happening. Are they there all year? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, they don't migrate or anything? I don't think... I don't think there's anywhere for them to go. It's, trust me, it's like this. I'll show you pictures. It's like the strangest story. But basically, like they yeah, have, they are. They're very cute. Here, let me show you. Those are the ones. Oh my god, they're like a little soft camo. <laughs> and they're actually very gentle alpacas. I was there's like thirty of them on the farm. But I swear to God, the farm was dead silent. Like I expected going into there like for it to be a fucking zoo. I'm just remembering <laughs> us searching up the video of what alpacas sound like. Oh yeah, you remember? Yeah. What? Because I was like, I don't know. We're like a donkey. Like oh my god, yeah, oh, we no, did this go. <laughs> We did she this. Said, Don't we, did, voice. we did this um, on the. I don't remember what podcast we talked about. The episode we talked about this, but we did this exact same thing. Yeah. I was like, Donkeys. "What do alpacas yeah. sound like?" There you go. There you go. Yay, okay, ready? Farm sounds. <laughs> See, but that much I didn't even hear when I was there. <laughs> That's the sound. <laughs> it's a <weird> thing. <laughs> Someone goes like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the cutest thing. It's so cute. <laughs> but yeah, like just long story short, like a manager in my area, like he, we found out he owns an alpaca farm. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, this guy, I thought he grew up in Newmarket, such an urban. Like, what do you see? What do you say? Like, he owns a farm. <laughs> so basically, like his wife has been like a lover of alpacas since she was young, and like, like recently, I think maybe five years ago. They literally uprooted from their new market condo to own a farm in Belleville. And he commutes all the way to North York, like, basically right where downtown mm-hmm. starts mm-hmm. every day. Like, the two-hour drive. He does it. Um, there and back. So, it, it's like, yeah. Yeah, so very committed. But, like, so as soon as some of our coworkers are, we're like, um, I'm going definitely to her road trip. And we're definitely going and just hijacking his place and checking it out. Because, like, super, like, when are you going to get the opportunity to, to do Wait, this Like, why do you have an alpaca farm? Like, are they eating <laughs> alpaca meat? No, no. no. They actually have <laughs> You're like, wait, I don't like Do people eat alpacas? If, no, no, they sell They like, use the, the, the wool. The wool, yeah. Really oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was like, really don't eat them. Apparently, if you take, like, the wool balls and yeah. put them in your, your um, dryer, it's like, they make it smell good and, like, it's like a mm. natural softer or something. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that's, I'm pretty sure they make their money off oh of that. Plus, like, a lot of people for weddings and stuff come take pictures there, apparently. Oh, my God. This is happening to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go marry myself. <laughs> I'll pack up my bride mate. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. But going up there was, like, a different thing altogether because I went with a bunch of coworkers, like I said, and the only other person of color besides me was another person, another coworker coming with us. She was mm-hmm. Asian. 
and like I just made the joke because we got out once to like um, there's like a really cute small poutine place there and so we were just snacking for a bit before we got to the farm and like I just saw how like they were all looking at us and there's literally a guy there wearing a cowboy hat so imagine like I was like this can't be what it, you know <laughs> so I was like I just made the joke I like went over to my manager at the time and I was like I think the one thing that's actually more foreign than the alpacas is us because she's just like laughing she's like laughing oh my so god like, she's like that is kind of the truth for me just put yourself in a cage ten dollars a look she has a petting zoo oh yeah. my gosh oh my god oh my god oh my god so funny so but yeah it is like that two hour drive difference of like I'm you know, right it's not uh, that far but I'm it's like, like a native to the space to all of a sudden no I'm not like, yeah, yeah. So very interesting. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so I think we're going to start wrapping up, but I wanted to ask you, um, which I know we kind of asked you this in the previous recording. (laughs) That never happened. But um, I'll kind of make a spin on it. So obviously, like, we we talked about how you kind of live a nomadic lifestyle at Mm -hmm. times, um, going to different places and kind of like, you know, working your way through, sometimes working in the place that you're staying at or making sure you save up enough to go. But if you were to settle down, would it be here in Toronto or would it be somewhere else? Oof. um, Or, and where would it be? (laughs) Okay, so settling down is, is a, like, it's a hard kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I am Canadian, like, from passport because my mom lives in Canada we live in Toronto so I I will always negate that as kind of home mm-hmm. which which is hard also because I my dad lives in Pakistan and that's also home mm-hmm. and that's where I was born that's where I grew up so with with like you know with that kind of like immigrant mindset that you're you like have half your life and you just kind of move away it's home and settling is just a really difficult kind of kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't really feel like you're a part of that place. Like when I'm here, people ask me where I'm from, and I'll be like Pakistan. And then if I'm out of Canada or Pakistan, I'll be like, yeah, I'm from Canada. And it's it's really weird. So in terms of maybe settling down, I mean, I, like I want to be a journalist, right? Like that's that's where I find where like my passion lies so I don't think there's ever going to be a time that like I feel like I have to just completely settle like mm. if I'm if I'm in Toronto that's great but if I have a project somewhere else I'm always going to be open to it mm-hmm. and whoever my partner is going to be will have to kind of understand that and like I welcome I welcome <laughs> a couple of stress so yeah um things like that like I I just don't know if settling is an option but like I know that in this country I have a lot of rights I have health care mm-hmm. um things like that so like I'll always be coming back to home base to touch base with my mom and things like that so there's that but right now I don't I don't really see like I have to be glued to us to a space mm-hmm. um Whatever, honestly, opportunity finds, I'll, I'll be sure. there. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And it's exciting because just see, like, you're, again, I, I mentioned this in the, in the last bit, but it's just so exciting every time you post or kind of make a, a blog post such as the one you did with the flight attendant mm-hmm. and other ones in the past. And it's like, I like that you're finding not just an opportunity for you to travel, but to make something of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, again, super passionate about 
even just watching what you do. So, like, yeah. continue to keep us in the loop and whatever you're exactly. doing that here. Yeah. Or, like, you know, do something really cool. More than welcome to have you again. On the oh, of course. Point. <laughs> you guys are so great. I'm so happy to be here. But yeah, yeah. But yeah before we close, mm-hmm. you know, plug yourself. Tell okay. them where you can where we can find you. Cool, cool, cool. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Zara Travel. Zara is Z A H R A T R A V E L S. Um, yeah, just slide into my DMs, man. Like, more than happy with that. I have <laughs> I have no problems. <laughs> so you can do that, or you can go to my website, which is at Zara Travel. Sorry, www.zaratravels.ca. Um, but yeah, let me know if you need help. Let me know if you want me to talk to your mom. If you need to travel somewhere, <laughs> I'll be more than happy to talk to brown ladies. I love them. Yay. Thank you so much again. And um, for everybody listening, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.